Good morning, Christ Central North. How are you guys doing today? Oh, wonderful. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, Pastor is a little under the weather today, um, so we'll definitely make sure we send up some prayers for some, some speedy recovery. The flu's been going around like crazy. Um, I had a, a stomach virus this week, so I understand. It's hitting my family. It's hitting my coworkers. So I definitely understand this is the time and season to be sick, and uh, pastor's not immune to that. So um, I got called from the bullpen, and when he did, when, when he did call me up, you know, his voice was very scraggly. I was like, oh, he's like, Trevor, I, I need you to call you in. And I titled this message, Personal Pain and Determined Faith. That's the title of this message. Now, I did not know that in a few short hours, the Chiefs would have caused me so much personal pain in my life. I thought about we might have to just put some chairs in a circle and have a support group here today. But, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the, the reason why we love sports. The drama, the ups, the downs. You know, you can't make it. You can't manufacture it. You know, the greatest TV writer can't make up the stuff that happens to our Chiefs. So... Um, <laughs> You can't do it. It's impossible. But um, we'll be out of John chapter 11 today. So if you guys want to turn to him, I'll give you guys some time. John chapter 11. And this is a pretty important story. Jesus has already kind of um, solidified his ministry. He's been all over the place. He's been traveling. And he's going to uh, perform one of his most miraculous uh, miracles today. But how it happens is a great story. And that's what we're going to focus on today. This past year, we had all kinds of different things. We had a bunch of hurricanes and so forth. And what I like is looking at some of the pictures from the hurricanes from the International Space Station. You're like, oh, man. You see the power and the beauty of the storm. But if you ask people in Puerto Rico... They don't see beauty. <laughs> they see destruction, okay? And so sometimes we feel like we're in Puerto Rico, but God's going to have a bird's eye view. He gets to see the beauty in the storm. And so John chapter 11 starts out and says, a, name named, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Verse 3. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is sick. Verse 4. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that the God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Most of us will get, you know, a word from a loved one that a loved one's sick. And the first reaction sometimes is to go. Right? I, okay, I got to go to the hospital. Where are they at? What room? What floor? How do I get there? Pulling up Google Maps to find the quickest route. Jesus leans back and chills for two more days. Just chills. I'm not sure what he was doing. I'm not sure if he had to finish 
uh, crocheting something. I'm not sure what he was doing. He had to finish a project. I'm not sure he had to teach or something. But he chilled for two more days. And he finally says, okay, it's time to go back. See, Jesus knows the outcome of the storm. He gave us the satellite view. He says, this sickness will not end in death. But then later on, he gets word that Lazarus did die. And so it's time to go back. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So he took his time. He didn't take the expressway. He didn't take, you know, the quickest Uber. He, he, you know, he had to walk. And Lazarus had already been dead for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in their loss of their brother. We're going to see two sisters going to have two very different reactions. Counselor had grief counseling, you know, classes a couple weeks ago. And she talked about ways certain people handle grief. And we're going to see two very different reactions, but two very relatable reactions depending on what stage in life we are in. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. See, Martha's very bold, right? She called, Jesus is coming, I'm going. She's putting her shoes on, stomping out the door, probably slammed the door shut, and says, Lord, when Mary, Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, that's the only thing we get to see and hear in the Bible, what she said. But how many of you have pissed off a lady before? <laughs> you know that's not the only thing she said. Come on now. She's over there taking her earrings off. She's ready to fight. And she's storming. She goes and meets Jesus. is still on the road coming in, and she's going to him. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Jesus, where were you? I prayed. You said you would be here for me. And you stayed. Where were you? You said you'd never leave me, you never forsake me. And yet I feel very broken and forsaken right now. You abandoned me when I needed you the most. Ever been there? Frustrated. God, I was praying. I went to the temple. I gave a, sac a sacrifice. I, I gave a gift. I did all these things you asked me to do. Yeah, I saw you bless and heal other people with leprosy. I've seen you did all these different things, drive demons out. You did all these for people who didn't even know you. I know you. You said that you love me. I call you my friend. And yet when I came to you and I sent word to you, I know word got to you, you didn't show up when I needed you the most. It's amazing that we said, we just sang the song, I can go to God in prayer. What happens if that prayer doesn't get answered right away? 
She gave, she gave voice to her frustration, her pain, her confusion. I know that's not all she said. That's not all I would have said. Verse 22. She wears herself out. She's done talking. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. I don't understand why my brother had to die. I sent word. You said you loved him. You mean, we just said, all you said was, the one you love is sick. And you knew exactly who that was. And yet you let him die. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last of the day. Now she gives the, she's using her logic trying to find reason to why this is happening. She's using her Sunday Bible studies. Yes, I know, we'll rise at the, you know, the last day, the resurrection. We'll all be there with you. So she gets a Sunday school answer. By doubt, she really believes it. She's still in that pain. She's still grieving. She's still in her hurt. When the doubts we're dealing with are, are intellectual matters, we can tackle them rationally. It's very easy. We can, we can try to break it down, find the solution, the, the reason why this happened. You know, a mechanic does that. Cars breaking down, making this certain sound, there's got to be a certain reason. And so he'll break it down intellectually. But how do you answer this? I love how Jesus handles her. Because you know she was very confrontational, so he kind of is going to comfort, you know, be confrontational back. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. That's how I picture Jesus saying. So hold up. I am the resurrection and the life. You better check my resume. <laughs> the one who believes in me will live, even though they, they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? The pastor has a great way of, I've seen him coach many different people and personalities. while on the track or here in the church. And he handles each and every single one of you differently. Right? You're going to be confrontational with him, he's going to be confrontational back. Right? That's kind of how he is. I think he kind of took that from Jesus, okay? Because Jesus knew how to handle Martha. He, he gives her her resume. Check the stripes, right? Check the stripes. And ask her, do you believe this? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Even in her hurt and pain, in confusion, she understands who her Lord and Savior is. And still has that belief. That's incredible. She just cussed him out. She <laughs> says, oh yeah, yes, you're the Messiah. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. So she goes back home. 
says, hey, it's your turn now. Jesus extends an invitation to Mary. He doesn't go to the house, but he extends an invitation. Hey, I know you're at home crying, hurting, alone by yourself. Your sister confronted me. She went to me immediately. But you stayed back. Jesus now is asking you, all right, the time's now. The invitation is here. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not entered the village, but he was still at the place where Martha had met him. I love that when the invitation comes out, she immediately responds and goes to Jesus. How many of you have been ignoring invitations? How many of you have been holding on in the fetal position in your bedroom or bathroom for way too long? Ignoring the invitation has always been there. You know where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do, but you're holding on to your pain and hurts. Mary responds and says, I'm tired of crying. I have all these people in my house. They're driving me crazy. They're doing what they can, but they're not making this pain go away. When the Jews have been with Mary in the house, comforting her, notice how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. Your girlfriends, you can go and vent to your girlfriends. Right? Sometimes you may feel temporarily better, but they don't fix the situation. You can go to your this Buffalo Wild Wings with the boys, watch the game, vent about your situations. At the end of the day, you still got to go home by yourself and deal with it. And she goes, okay, I need to go to the place where I need to, to get the help that I need, to make sense of this all. Verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. I imagine her voice cracking in pain, in defeat. Martha was angry. Mary's defeated. She's broken down. I know we sent word for you. If you only had been here, my brother would not be dead. Lord, if only you had been here, I wouldn't have had that miscarriage. Lord, if you had only been here, I wouldn't have gotten laid off. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would still be with me. Two sisters, two very different reactions. We know how Jesus confronted Martha. Let's see how he handles her. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. 
He looks over his shoulder and says, where have you laid him? He asks. He doesn't confront Mary. He doesn't chastise her. He doesn't tell, hey, check the resume. Instead, where's Lazarus? Come and see, Lord, they replied. Verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Shortest verse, a thousand times of impact. Jesus felt the pain. He felt every single tear, every single cry, every single thing that Mary and Martha had been putting on him. He feels yours today, too. If he went to the cross carrying it, you don't think he's feeling it when you cry out? Alone in your bedroom, door shut, no one around, screaming into your pillow. Shower's going, you just sitting there crying. He understands it and hurts him too. Jesus is with us in the dark. They go out to see where the body's at. Verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone that laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha. Poor Martha. She has never... She is just hard-headed. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. He's funky. Jesus, I don't know if you've been by too many dead bodies. He's funky. Then Jesus says, did I not tell you? <laughs> Martha, Martha. I, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So, take away, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of these people standing here. They may believe that you have sent me. When he said that, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His, feet, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. See, in this story, we've got to see the hurricane view. We've got to see the storm view. The storm has passed, and the sun's shining. It says, I had to happen so that I can see, the glory of God can see for all people to see. See, Jesus could have came early, healed Lazarus from being sick, it moved on. It would have been a paragraph this short. This has been another one of his miracles. They might have skipped it in the Gospels. He performed tons of miracles. They only selected a few. It would have been one of those probably skipped because he's already been healing, bringing people back and driving demons out, feeding people, 5,000 people, the number two from Burger King, right? 
Like he's already done all these things. It's always been a blur. But he did all this. Allow the storm to happen. Waited so that the glory of God may be exalted. It's one of the defining moments in Jesus' ministry. Pastor gave the prediction that some of y'all are going to go through some storms this year. I know some of y'all are still feeling like you're in a storm from last year. Maybe that storm is happening for a reason. Maybe that storm is happening so that one day you have incredible testimony. That your faith will be strengthened. I could not imagine what Mary and Martha was feeling when Lazarus took off those wrappings around his face, looked at his sisters, and smiled. I would be like, what am I doing back here? But I was in heaven chilling. What am I doing back here? But uh, their eyes are tearing up. They probably jump on him and hug him. He's like, ow, it hurts. Hold on. I've been dead for a little bit. Let me, let me breathe. Martha and Mary never forgot this day. How could you? It's one of the defining moments in your life. Those days when your prayers finally get answered, you don't forget those days. You don't forget those days. You've been praying for someone to come in in your life. Then the marriage day happens. How happy are you? Even when you're struggling in your relationship, I bet you think back to the day where you said, I do. Those times where you got laid off, didn't know what your next step was going to be. Bills are piling up. House is about to be leaned on, and all of a sudden you get a job opportunity. You don't forget those days. But some of you may have forgotten some of those. Some of you may have forgotten what God has already done in your life. And you're spinning off and tailing off, and your faith is trailing off. The light's getting dim. You just come to church here because it's a habit. But Mary and Martha, don't forget. Next chapter, verse 12, uh, chapter 12, Mary, the quiet one, brings out expensive perfume. Perfume that's worth a year's salary of work. Brings a gift to Jesus. Anoints him. Anoints his body. Knowing what she did for him. What, what he did for her. She gives one of the most expensive gifts. Judas had a problem with it. Judas was hating. But Judas doesn't know the blessing that she got. So she does everything she can to bless him back. Some of you may need to have a, put a special gift today and remember the blessings God's done for you. You might need to go and present a gift today for everything that he's pulled you through, taking care of the storms he allowed to pass through, the storms he redirected for you. Right. 
in the storms that was, he was with you and allowed you to persevere. We saw Jesus show up and show out in this story. It's time for you to do the same thing for him. So in 2017, or 2018, wow. <laughs> still got to get used to that. I still write 2017 on paper. Like, oh, yeah, no, scratch it out. 2018, it's time for some of you to start presenting gifts. Maybe not financially. Whatever God's placing on your heart, maybe he's helping someone else out. Bring a kid under your arms. Discipling somebody. Inviting someone to church for the first time. Taking that leap of faith. But it's time for you to start presenting your gifts to the world and to him in 2018. Are you going to be like Mary and Martha? Even in the midst of the storm, have that personal faith, that, that determined faith? Or are you going to wither away? That's the challenge today. Please prepare yourself for prayer. God, we come to you as humble as we know how, Lord. Thanking you. We thank you for all the blessings you've given us. We thank you for all the things that we have allowed, that you have allowed to happen in our lives, good or bad. And we thank you for being able to weather those storms. We look at Mary and Martha and we ask, Jesus, where were you? Understanding that you were with us the entire time. I apologize for my voices of frustrations I've said to you. The times where I feel like I get tired of praying about the exact same things. I know that you hear me. I know those things will come when, on your time. I ask that you give us the strength and the perseverance to weather those storms. For those that are in the middle of that storm, we're asking that you show up right now. We show up and you reveal yourself to them, Lord. That you say, you can tell them who you are. And that you do love them. And we can't wait in anticipation and excitement to see you raise them back from the dead. That you weather the storm and give them the blessing that they so desperately need and want. Jesus Christ, we love you. We honor you. And in amazement, we say, I love you. In your son's name I pray, amen.